You're listening to The Way Out, creating financial freedom through network marketing with Andrew Logan. This podcast is your step-by-step guide to building and growing your own business and creating passive investment vehicles. If you crave legacy, wealth, and freedom, keep listening. Hello and welcome to The Way Out Podcast. Andrew Logan here. Great to be with you as always for another episode, episode 233 on this Tuesday morning here in Australia. It is a day later than normal. I generally start the week on the Monday morning with a podcast episode, but as always, sometimes life just gets in the way and at the end of the day, it was just a really big week last week with a lot of speeches and events. We had the virtual event, had an event down in Sydney, had some live boot camp training with our VIPs, all that kind of stuff. And just yesterday, things just didn't happen. And if anything else, I just needed a little break on my voice. Now, those of you who know me, I'm habitualistic, ritualistic to a fault. Um, ask my wife that I'm too habitual at times, but referencing a couple of old podcast episodes, yes, there's a lot of freedom it comes in just the reality that if you have a routine, you don't have to think. Like when you have habits and routines and DMOs and all those sorts of things, it really reduces the amount of thinking that you have to do, which free your minds up, frees your mind up for thinking about other things, right? Like you can really start to think about solving bigger problems in your life because you're not thinking about, well, what should I have for lunch? And that's why I'm very routine in my meals and all that kind of stuff. And the second thing, like procrastination, you know, we all hit those procrastination days someday, but just don't make it two days in a row. Like that's always my sort of mindset is every now and then we just need a day of social media. Every now and then we just need a day to catch up and take a break, but just don't make it two days in a row. Because once we make the second day, it starts becoming a habit. Anyway, let's get into today's podcast episode. And today, I do want to share a bit of a personal story, a quite a personal story, and this is going back almost 20 years now. Um, I was in my sort of mid-20s, so I was really in that early days of like trying to find my financial freedom pathway, and I was earning a good six-plus figure income as a physiotherapist. It's a, you know, it's a very good degree as far as a good, solid income. I had gone into a business partnership. I was starting to invest in property and I'm reading books and I'm going to events and all these sorts of things. And I was also single, um, which, you know, is very good in, in some ways, because when you're on a financial freedom pathway, you can just, you can make decisions purely about yourself, right? And I was willing to make a lot of sacrifices in, I was living in this tiny, tiny, tiny little apartment. I was riding my bike everywhere, so I didn't have to upgrade my car. I had a very, very old car, and just my bike, and I was doing all these things that, you know, you can't always do when you have children, especially you can't always do when you have a family because their needs always come first. And so I had these very set goals of like tr- figure out your finances now whilst you're single, whilst you can live in a crappy little unit, whilst you can drive a crappy little car, you know, all those sorts of things and figure it out now so that, yeah, when you do finally meet that person, when you do finally start a family, uh, you know, you, you're in a better space. And obviously that was a big part in why we had great success through, you know, joining network marketing just before turning 30. And we're able to really accelerate that financial freedom pathway was thanks to a lot of the things I was doing in my twenties and a lot of the mistakes I made. And that's the other thing when you make big mistakes, I'm going to talk about a really big mistake that I made. When you make big mistakes, uh, it's only you that has to deal with them. It's like, okay, well, you know, I can figure my way out of this. And again, I can just sacrifice 
meals and and sleep and and to do overtime and do extra shifts and all these sorts of things and again it's not going to be the children who have to sacrifice because i made a bad error so again i was in my sort of mid-20s and i was working overseas at the time i was working as you know part of my physio career i used to work with the ski team and athletes and that so i was over in canada and i was doing a lot of studying i was trying to find the fast lane to financial freedom so i was in a you know, slow to medium lane. I mean, there's there's people who aren't even on the highway. So there's people who are just working a job over and over again. They're not doing anything with their money. They're not even on the highway to financial freedom. So I was on the highway to financial freedom with a small business and a couple of investment properties. But I just felt like I was in a really, really slow lane. I felt like there were a lot of people overtaking me. So I was out there going to courses. And the thing that was I was really attracted to at the time was trading and in particular forex trading and forex is short for foreign exchange currencies so basically aussie dollar versus the us yen versus the pound you know euro versus the swiss all those sorts of things and you're you're trading against pairs of currencies basically and it won't go into the depths of the detail but the reason i loved it was because i'm a math nerd and i saw it as very analytical i saw it as very you know, risk versus reward, looking at numbers, checking out charts and making all these analyses. And I had these great Excel spreadsheets that allow you to do all these calculations. And again, because I'm a nerd at heart, I was really impressed by my own um, Excel spreadsheets. But I saw it as a way that, you know, you get up, you go to the gym, you go to work and you come home and then you could spend your evenings because, again, I was young and single. I had nothing else to do. Uh, you could spend your evenings like trying to figure out this currency thing. And that's how you would get into the fast lane for success. Now, one of the challenges of being in Australia is that generally with market trading sort of options and, and things out there, you need a lot of movement. You need a lot of what we call volatility. So if the thing's just like flatlining, not really moving back and forth, it's very hard to trade because there's no real difference between the buy and the sell price if it's just moving sideways. Now, most of that trading happens when Australians are asleep. That's the real big challenge for us is that most of it's sort of happening just as you start to hit around you know, 10 p.m. The, the UK are just waking up. And then as you go through to sort of two, three in the morning, the US are really waking up and there's a lot of volatility, a lot of movement. Uh, and then by the time all that's happened, you know, we've been asleep through those eight hours and you're waking up because you've got to go to sleep so that you can get back up and train and then go to work and work nine to 10 hours like I was. So when I would go and do my trips over to Canada, it was like it presented this opportunity that, you know what, you're awake and working during the market volatility hours. So here's a chance to really accelerate your learning processes. And while I was on Canada on this one trip, I was getting fairly good at this currency thing in that I could start to get some reliable wins and I was starting to really get my risk and reward and all that kind of stuff sorted. And then something happened, right? And it's a funny story at the end of the day, but I... Basically, I lost $100,000 overnight, and that sucks, right? Um, but I want to, and I learned a lot from it, but I want to share the top three lessons that I learned from it, and hopefully these lessons can help you into the future as well, because losing $100,000 overnight, there's a multitude of lessons, but I just want to share a few of them with you. And again, thankfully, I was young and single, and no one else 
had to deal with the, the, the ripple effect of my actions, except for me, um, they were my fault, my actions, you know, and I dealt with them. And I was young enough at mid twenties to learn and move on. But what happened was it was just as I was leaving. And of course, because you're young and male as well, you start getting an ego, you start getting cocky and you start thinking, you know what, I'm, I'm getting consistent gains here. Like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to really crush this thing. And I was trading kind of right up until the point where I flew home. Now, if I was smart, I would have stopped there. You know, you're smart, you stop there, you go home, and then you, you sort of get back into it once you've got your body clock all set, all those sorts of things. But because I was getting cocky, I placed a trade just before I flew home. Now, that was the first mistake because I was then about to go dark for, you know, 20 hours or so for all the plane flights and all that kind of stuff. Yes, we have Wi-Fi on planes now, but we didn't um, back then. We didn't 23 years ago, right? 20 years ago. So the reality was the dumbest decision was to place a trade just before, like I did it like as I was heading to the airport kind of thing. The second thing was that I actually made an error and I put an extra zero. Now, again, because I wasn't sitting behind my computer with my charts properly, I was just on my phone, like literally sitting at the bus stop waiting to catch the bus to the airport. I was sitting there like fiddling around on my phone. I'm like, I'll just place one more trade. And I placed an extra zero, which means the trade was 10 times bigger than it should have been, which meant I had 10 times more money at risk. Now you place a trade, you close down the app, you go to the airport, you get on the plane, Vancouver to Melbourne, I think it was that I did that trip, well, Vancouver to Sydney, whatever it is, but Vancouver to Australia is essentially about 15 to 16 hours straight. You do all the custom blah, blah, blah. Essentially, I turned my phone on 24 hours later. And what had happened was, was that I was right. Now, I had fluked into correct, correctly picking the trade and I had fluked into the point that I had actually put 10 times more money than I should have. And at this point, I was up about twenty dollars to $25,000 on the trade. Now, I should have been up 2000 to 2500 but I was up twenty dollars to $25,000. Now, again, I was mid-20s, young, single. What do you do? You, you double down right? You're like, this is it. This is the single home run grand slam trade that's going to change my life. And I doubled down and I doubled down because the trade kept going and all the graphs and all the analytics told me that it was going to keep going. And so I doubled down, right? So then, you know, I've come home, slept that night, woken up the next morning, I'm up like 50, 60, $70,000. It's continuing to grow. And I remember the following night laying there just before I went to bed and I was up over $100,000 in that trade. Now, what do you start doing? You start sitting there and thinking, you know what? I have made it I've like an extra $100,000. I can, you know, like all these things you can start doing with that $100,000. But here's the first lesson. And here's one, one of the biggest lessons that people need to learn when they start investing and, and investing correctly is that you cannot pay your bills with unrealized capital gains. Now, unrealized gains means that I haven't sold the thing yet. So I hadn't exited the trade. So until I actually hit close on that trade, I hadn't made a single cent. But in my mind, I had made $100,000. 
And in my mind, I'm a genius. In my mind, there was, you know, there was luck in it. I shouldn't have been $100,000 up. I should have only been $10,000 at best. I should have only been two or three grand up, but I doubled down on my stupidity. I doubled down on my mistake again, because I was a young male, right? And, and we make multiple mistakes and we double down on them because sometimes we are slow learners. But the reality was I was sitting there spending unrealized capital gains. And this is where so many people get themselves in trouble in investing is that they spend money before they've actually got it in their pocket. Your investment is only worth the amount of money that you eventually get in your pocket. And that is the biggest lesson that I'd like to share with you today. So if you've been listening to the podcast for quite some time, you've been watching a lot of my videos, you know, I I talk a lot about freedom, obviously, and how freedom is very subjective and how straight across the road from us, um, and I, I told this story a lot about 18 months ago, uh, straight across the road from us there's a house, and and it is, I guess, you know, the proverbial worst house on the best street sort of thing, and it's it's very much the last house just before we start hitting, you know, the commercial area and, the you know, the yield and all that goes up as you move further down the street and the value of the land goes up. And this house is, is quite run down. It's, you know, it's quite shabby or whatever, but they put a for sale sign up during the sort of peak of the pen um you know the pandemic boom that we had in property all around the world they put a for sale sign up and they had a contract for 1.3 million dollars now i just share this story it's a you know share this story because this is happening all the time and this is happening to a lot of people now they had a contract for 1.3 million dollars on a house that you know, was was falling apart, basically, it was completely falling apart. The yard was all out, out of the shop. There was, a, you know, just mess in the yard, all that kind of stuff. And so what they do, they started spending their money. Now, I used to talk about this as a sign of freedom because for them, freedom meant they bought this big van, they decked it all out, they were going to use that money to travel around Australia. And obviously, I'd talk, I, I would talk to them in the mornings because I'd be out walking the dog in the mornings and they're there you know, fitting out the van and they're doing all this stuff and they're going to travel all around Australia, right? They were spending money before they'd actually realized it. They had a contract saying the house was worth $1.3 million. And again, this is pre-Christmas 2021. So this is over 18 months ago now. And then the contract fell through and they couldn't find anyone else. So they had to reduce the price and they had to swap agents. And, you know, the the second agent is actually a friend of mine. And that's so why I know some of the, the finer details of this story. It's up for 1.1 million with this new agent. So straight away, they have lost $200,000 that they thought they had. Now, again, you can sit there and say, I'd still like to sell a house for 1.1 million. Yeah, like, like an extra 1.1 million, of course. But it was 1.3 and now it's 1.2. So there's $200,000 that's just... Ooh, disappeared. $200,000 that they were already spending because they were already doing the van up and they were doing all these things, right? And now, literally just the other day, and one of the things that prompted me to do this podcast episode was that they've taken the for sale sign off and, and they've just given up essentially and they're just going to have to ride it out for the next wave. So they had $1.3 million unrealized in their pocket and they started spending it. That contract fell through. They couldn't get a bite at 1.2. They couldn't get a bite at 1.1. And now they've even just given up. So at some point, they might get an offer under a million or they just give up and wait, right? But so often we can sit there and say, my house is worth X. I've got stock worth Y. I've got you know this coin worth Z. It's not worth anything until you sell it. And that's the biggest challenge for people emotionally 
is that we love to tell these stories of I bought this house for 1 million and now it's worth 3 million. It's not worth anything until someone actually buys the house off you and the money goes into your bank account, right? And that's just black and white. That's just reality. But right there laying in bed that night and I can still remember it to this day, I was planning all the things I was going to do with that $100,000 and that was going to be my, you know, my jump start when I was going to move over into the fast lane and really start taking this thing on because you know even for me that was essentially a year's wage for me at the time that was you know you can go back and travel more you can pay a big chunk off the home loan all these sorts of things now to take the story to the next point right what happened was of course you go to sleep you go to sleep and stupidly you've left the trade open and you wake up in the morning and it is all gone and then some so I ended up losing money and ended up losing all the money that I had gained over the months that I'd been in Canada, that I'd been methodically, consistently growing my income, all that kind of stuff that I'd been disciplined and I'd been doing all the right things. And then I make one mistake and it is gone and then some, right? So there was over a $100,000 swing in this trade overnight. And I went from being up to being down, you know, some five figures like, you know, over, right? So lesson number two, if you can't sleep at night, it's not adding freedom to your life because the market can giveth, but the market can also taketh away very, very, very quickly. And when we talk always about freedom and freedom is about having more choice, having more time, part of me was like, do not go to sleep tonight. Like, this is it. Just keep trading, keep doubling down. And eventually, like, I was like exhausted to the point of like, no, you got to go sleep because I got to go back to work tomorrow. I just had three months off or whatever. And it's like, you know, your first day back at work, you got a full patient load, all these sorts of things. And yeah, maybe, I, you know, maybe I should have taken the day off. Right. But that was also my business. That was my bread and butter business that I had to show up for. And you show up every day when you have a business, right? Treat this like a business. But I was at a point where I was willing to give up sleep to try and continue to make money. And you can only do that for so long. And you can do that for a point in your 20s, for sure. In your 30s, it's a bit harder. In your 40s with kids, it's very hard. If you cannot sleep at night because of the risk in your investment, or you don't really know what you're doing, or you're trying to create something that is not really safe, essentially, and reliable, it's not adding freedom into your life. And that's why, you know, my general, my golden rules of investing now is does it make you money? Can you sleep at night? And if I can't answer yes to both those questions, I can't do it. It's just like, well, it's not adding money into our pocket and we're not able to sleep at night. It's either too risky or it's not a very good investment. So that was lesson number two is once you start sitting there like the next morning, obviously like feeling sick, like uh, it's hard to describe the feeling of waking up and checking your phone. Um, and, and then you've just got to front up to work and front up to patients and put a smile on your face and all those sorts of things. But the reality is like the sickness that you feel in your stomach and you're berating yourself for falling asleep. Like how dare you have five or six hours sleep before you go back to work because you could have, you should have stayed up watching this trade. If I can't sleep at night, it's not adding freedom to my life. And that has been the rule ever since. Now, yeah, we could have made a lot more money if I'd sacrificed in certain other ways. But you know what? This is about freedom. This is about time and choice with family, with Angie, all those sorts of things. So final lesson, lesson number three, trading and investing are very different things and they're not the same thing. 
And I just share this because a lot of people, you know, the, the siren song of trading is very, very strong. Now, I'm not going to say that trading is bad. It's not. There's a lot of good things about trading. And and again, when you're mathematically inclined, when you're a nerd like me and you can have your spreadsheets and screens and candlesticks and all those sorts of things and, you know, your stochastic indicators and your resistance levels and all those things, it's exciting, right? And that's fine if you're happy to do that. But understand, again, if you're sitting behind a computer and you have to be you know, in a position where you're watching things and doing things over and over and over again, very different to investing where you buy a house and then you put tenants in it and then you don't do anything for a year. You know, very, very, very different equations, right? Now, again, for some people, that, that trading is really cool. And obviously these days it's very AI bot. And I have talked as a, you can search back through this an old podcast episode, really like digging into this a bit deeper, but you know, do those AI bots work? Um, if you watch the news, if you read between the lines, a huge one collapsed just the other day. Okay. There's been a number of them that have collapsed, but again, remember that marketplaces, whether it's the Forex market, the crypto market, the commodity market, the stock market, your fruit market, the real estate market, it is two people at the end of the day. So AI tra trading bots are just your AI bot versus someone's AI bot. It's not actually, you're not against the broker. I'm not going against the US dollar. I'm going against the person on the other end of the trade who wants to sell the US dollar when I want to buy it. And so again, it's just two people going against each other. And is it two AI bots? Well, what's to stop their bot getting smarter than your bot? <laughs> what's, them, what's to stop them putting more money into their software so it's smarter than your A bot? AI bot, right? At the end of the day, it's not actually like resistance, all that kind of stuff are just technical indicators of the emotions of the two people on each side of the trade. And the broker, the stock market, Wall Street, they sit in the middle. They don't really care if it goes up or down. They're just playing the brokerage. In the same way, Amazon don't really care if you get a good product or a bad product at the end of the day. They're just there to create the marketplace. Same with eBay, all those sorts of things, you know. Real estate agent's job is to get the best price for the buyer and the seller, right? They're, they're really just sitting in the middle and making sure that at some point the two parties come to an agreement on a price and then they just do all the paperwork. So if you want to get into investing, understand the difference between investing and trading. Trading is an active income and whether you have a bot or whether you're doing it yourself, it's still an active income. You still have to buy, sell, do the numbers, do the figures, and you have to do them consistently. You have to do them reliably. And unfortunately, as, as good as I thought I was at the time, as disciplined as I was, as consistent as I was, it only took one mistake. And okay, you know, one mistake, and then I snowballed into two or three other mistakes because of my emotions. My emotions and my monetary management got the better of me. Okay, it was nothing against the trade at the end of the day. It was just my money management got the better of me. And I lost everything. And that's why I prefer investing because you put it to work, you do the work and then you leave it and you can go off and do all the other things in your life. In trading, if you've got the discipline, the consistency, the skill, all that kind of stuff, the emotional money control, all those sorts of things, but still you've got to be so disciplined. You've got to do it again and again and again and again and again and again and again, because it only takes one or two mistakes to completely wipe out everything you've been working for. And I mean, that's the reality of life as well, but that's the biggest thing, trading versus investing. In investing, it is just about putting 
small amounts of money, putting them to work and using that money to then grow and create more money. Yes, there is risk. Yes, there's always risk in everything, but there is significantly less risk than actively trading. And that's why I continue to invest and I just don't go into trading anymore because I know it just consumes my life too much and it takes me away from spending time with my children. It's an active process and I want passive processes. So I hope you got value out of today's episode. As always, I hope uh, you know, just sharing some of the mistakes I've made can help you avoid those same mistakes because we all make mistakes. We all mess up, right? But it's how you approach them, how you learn from them, how you develop and grow. And that's what's going to really make the difference in your life. It's the challenges and how we react to them that really make the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people. So wrapping up the episode today, I hope you got value. We've got some guests coming on as well. We've got some guests lined up in the coming weeks. So keep an eye out on that. We also had the residual myth event that I did talk about at the start of the lesson uh, of the podcast. The replay is up for another sort of 24 hours or so. So I do take the replays down after 48 hours. You may wonder why. Why? Because urgency is synonymous with wealth. Like people need to make sure that at some point, it's like it's like at school when you had all semester to do a thing, you took all semester to do the assignment, right? If we don't have some kind of end date on things, people just dabble along. And I want people who have urgency and I want to, help you create that urgency because urgency is synonymous with wealth. Otherwise, we'll be back to normal with a Thursday podcast episode. I hope you have an amazing week and I'll catch you all then. Thanks for listening to The Way Out, creating financial freedom through network marketing. Connect with Andrew on Instagram and Facebook at Andrew James Logan. For your seven-step system to financial freedom and other tools and resources to help you grow your business fast, go to www.andrewlogan.net. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Until next time, keep moving forward.